it does, it does seem like Friday. All the energy here. Too much, I think. Too much energy. Is it too much? Can you ever have too much? Apparently not. The Jays are uh, finally, they finally put August in the books. All it took was you saying that the other team had a better prospect than the Blue Jays to get me fired up. What? (laughs) That's all it took. It's like you know. I remember the days where a prospect would come up and hit home runs. And we'd be going, my God. Uh, yeah, choke up, hit the ball the other way. Hey, choke up. Put it, put it in play. Right put it in play. There we go. Just make contact. Pop up time's good. Four one. Yes. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety. Star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the tax line. We're taking your calls today. Barker's back leg bits. You can send your back leg bits in now. SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle. I'll we'll be balancing it. Twitter. I'll be balancing text. We'll be balancing phone calls. Pass and joins us at eleven thirty. The big bucks. I'm asking you for your one-word description of your thoughts, your feelings, your confidence level in the Blue Jays as we go in, in the Blue Jays making the playoffs as we go into September. Tim and Peter Bro asks, is WTF one word? <laughs> Love the show. Woof. There's another word Aaron and Peter Burrow asks. Can we say this word, Boffo? Is this no. like an Italian swear word? And, and how would we say it? I would say no. You have to ask. I, I can't hear you, man. I still can't hear you. So I'm not going to say it. But Aaron and Peterborough, the word was received. I'm just a little nervous about saying it on the air. Adam and Ancaster. Barker! Uh, oh. Finally, someone calling the Jays out for lack of adjustments at the plate. Even old beer leaguers like me make adjustments. Can't wait for pitchers well, just, to make mistakes. I, I have to give myself credit. That's not the. This is not the first time I've said this. No, I've been not. saying this for about three and a half months. I was going to say probably May second or third. No question. Jim in Toronto, what is your one word answer to to uh, to subscribe <laughs> to describe your confidence level? I really need more coffee to describe your confidence level in the Jays going into September. Hello, Jacob. There you are. Hey. Yeah, there I am. So I wanted to be negative today. I really did. I woke up feeling negative, but I feel positive all of the time. That's good. The sun's shining. The sun's shining. I've been watching this team since 95. 92 and 93 don't register to me. I was a baby, okay? Since 95, every year I've been chewing off a pinky begging God to please give me meaningful baseball in August and September. Normally the season's over by mid-June. We're finally here. It's September. The games matter. We're in a playoff spot. All right. Somebody needs to tell these young guys, feeling pressure in this sport is a privilege. Okay? Oh. You're going to spend – Mike Trout, ask Mike Trout. He's been eight years putting up great numbers, winning MVPs. By the time it's mid-June, he's planning his holidays in September. Season doesn't matter. That is matter. true. It's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to feel pressure in this sport. It's time to stand up. It's time to nut up. I feel good. I feel good about what's going to happen. We're going to make the playoffs. Don't worry. Unless they get swept by the Orioles next week, then that's a whole other discussion, and I'll, I'll, I'll make a phone call about all my gripes and all that kind of stuff. But right now, this is what we've been waiting for. 95% of my fandom has been begging for this kind of month. So let's go. Let's get this party started. There you go. September, meaningful baseball. Awesome. Okay? That's what it's all about. Love it. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the call. call. There you go. See, that's I great. feel more optimistic right now. I do right too now. now. I do too. How about a little more optimism? Hey, guys. I d- 
think people complaining about Shapiro and Atkins need to pump the brakes. Look at what these guys have done since taking over. They tore down a team that was old and going nowhere, and in a short time have turned this into a playoff team. Brought in Springer, Gossman, Chapman, Ryu, Barrios, drafted and promoted him yep. to Noah. Not to mention the transformation the Rogers Center is about to undergo. This is from Dave in Collingwood. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of fans from 2015, 2016 that are mad that Jose and Eddie are no longer Jays. This team will make the playoffs and really to me is still a year ahead of schedule because of guys like Vladimir Bo. Changes will be made in the offseason to push this group past the finish line. There is a lot of truth in what Dan, thank you, Dave, for the text. There's a lot of truth to what Dave in Collingwood says. I have said this since the very beginning that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins had the misfortune of coming in and replacing two Canadians, Paul Beeston and Alex Anthopoulos, at a time when the Jays finally seemed to be getting their act back together, 2015, 2016. I've been saying this for a long time. People underestimate. People underestimate the job these two guys had to do. 2015, 2016 was an old team. To me, getting the 2016 team into the playoffs was a pretty decent accomplishment. It was a pretty decent accomplishment. And then, you know, and, and, and credit, credit John Gibbons. Credit John Gibbons for doing that. But there has been an awful lot of work done with this team. And I can tell you this, and this is something we all need to remember, and you can trust me in this. Um, when you deal with a privately owned baseball team, when you are dealing with owners who are, uh, who who you know are a publicly traded company, right? You have to know how to navigate your way politically around various boards. You have to understand how to balance the reality of being owned by a publicly traded company that is a communications company with running a baseball operation. And, and I can tell you this, that Mark Shapiro has been and is the perfect guy to hold the president's job mm -hmm. at this time with this ownership group. He has their support. They spend money. They clearly like what he's doing. We can talk about some of the, the personnel decisions that have been made. Um, but you know, I was on, I was on with Ailish and, 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 and Cuthbert and, and, Justin Cuthbert, Jason Cuthbert. Justin, why am I thinking? We got too many. We got, I keep thinking of, it's like I, I had a hard enough time remembering Jason Bourne and Justin Bourne. Now I got another. Anyhow, I was on with them this morning and I was making the point that I don't think we really know how. We just assume that because Mark Shapiro came in and Alex left, that Mark Shapiro is meddling and that he's the real power here. I don't know. I think it's possible that Mark Shapiro's had a lot in his plate. I think it's possible that he really does designate a lot of stuff to Ross Atkins. And I got the impression yesterday that Ross Atkins is the final say in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Big contract signed. Obviously Mark has to be sure. brought in because he's got to go to ownership and sell ownership on it and say, mm -hmm. look, this is why we're doing this. Man, so I'm, I'm just throwing that. I'm just throwing that out there, and and, I, and thanks, Dave, for the text line because I have always felt that. I have all, I have I have always felt that. It's at some point, the players have to step up. No question. At some point, the players have to step mm -hmm. up. Anyhow, I just thought it needed to be said. Jim and Hamilton, you're on with Blair and Barker. What's up, Jim? Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, Jim. Doing well. What's your one word? Your one word to describe your confidence level? As fearless. Fearless. Cheerless. Cheerless, okay. Until I heard the caller Jacob 
from Toronto, and he's got a really good point. It's meaningful baseball. Yeah. I have a point yeah. to each of you gentlemen. First to Mr. Barker about the outside and away swings and misses. Even in the beginning of the year, they weren't getting the calls. So that's why they were having the swing form, or that's why they chose the swing form. I think it would have been better to put the emphasis, hey, bad call by the umpire instead of a bad swing by X player. Uh, how do you think that factors in, the umpire calling? And to Mr. Barker, process, 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 like a scientist who comes up with a thesis, even if you're wrong, improving wrong, you can't give that up because you have so much invested mm-hmm. into that process. Mm-hmm. How much of this is either the players not doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're following the process and the process isn't the right process. Jim, thanks for the call. That's a, a, two great two great points. I'll let you I'll let you go on about the umpire. Yeah, the umpire thing. I, look, the, the umpire's been bad for a long time. Can we agree on that? You you agree with me? You on the side of that fence with me? I know you want to be. Go ahead and say it out loud. Say it, say it, say it. It is bad. Deal with it. Like the, the thing of, I said this off the air when I was with you. I was not the hitter that Vladdy is or Springer is or Lourdes is or Chapman is. None of this. But if a guy threw me a breaking ball and I was out in front of him, you know what I did? I scooted closer to him. You know why? He threw my timing off. I can't hit that hard but I can hit it hard if I get it before it breaks. It's little things like that. It's just making an adjustment to make it harder for that guy standing on the mound to get me out, to consistently see the same thing over and over and over since the April 11th against the Yankees, because that's sort of when it happened. Is, is those games against the Yankees where it was down and away, it was yeah. away, it was the misses away, and, you know, the umpiring. It is what it is with the umpires. I, I am going to say one thing, though, because the, because Jim did bring up <clears throat> Jim did bring up a good point, and we had talked about this. I do think, I do think that if, if, if you look back, and I wish I knew the exact, the exact games, but it, it, earlier in the year, I'm going to say, earlier in the year, Vladdy in particular, and I, I, I think it was just coincidence, but Vladdy in particular had a number of, of border, not even borderline pitches, a number of pitches called strikes that were balls. You can think back to, I mean, we, Charlie Montoyo, and, and uh, we, had guys, we had guys thrown out of the game as a result of that. Didn't Guillermo Martinez get tossed out during the lineup exchange? I, was that about balls and strikes? I think it was about balls and strikes. What I'm saying is there was a time earlier this year where we noticed that Vladdy didn't get a couple of pitches. He was obviously frustrated. and So you're saying I, it's easy to do that and they well, can't make a mental adjustment? No, no, no. That's I'm, what you're saying? No, I, I'm, I'm saying they should make the mental adjustment, but I think Jim may be onto something. I don't think – I just think that Vladdy hasn't been on most of this year. I just don't think it's just Vladdy. I think it's when they have a – Nine batters who are right-handed. I think it's nine batters. And then the process thing, Jim, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about that because I have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know what the process is. I just know what I see. And I, I know consistently to good hitters, hitters that when they square baseballs up, you see what happens. Just consistently, for me anyway, squaring it up has been an issue because of how they're being pitched and the lack of adjustments to that pitch. 
Wayne and Burlington, you want to talk about lack of scoring runs early in the game. I will ask you, how confident are you going into September? Um, if you don't uh, defeat this one disturbing trend right now that I've seen since the All-Star break, I don't, I'm not going back beyond that, uh, but uh, since the All-Star break, I noticed uh, when, when the Blue Jays uh, destroyed Boston and swept them and scored those 28 runs, they played a string of 21 games um, in a row where they had that scuffle up until the point where they played the New York Yankees and took three or four. They had done 21 straight games without scoring five more runs uh, within the, the innings one and five, meaning that uh, they, they put a lot of pressure on their starters, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And when you don't score, when you don't score five runs through the first five innings of the game, that 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 tells you something. Twenty-one games straight. I think it was from July twenty-fourth or whatever to August eighteenth. But isn't it? It's somewhere it, around there. Yeah, but it's weird, Wayne, isn't it? Because we've, we've also spent a lot of time. Look at last night's game. One of the things we've talked well, about, Wayne, is the fact that their starting pitcher buried them early. And, and I'm not. That's, that's, I, I'm I'm agreeing well, with what you're saying, but it. it I, I, I'm saying I'm saying what you're saying, but even Brios during that time, that's fair. He won a game during that scuffle time where they won four to one, but they put so much onus on Brios because he was scuffling certain starts and whatnot. But I tell you this much: if you give up one or two runs, remember some a lot of those games too, those 21 games, the games were tight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the fact that they scored more than runs after the fifth inning. No, that's uh... and they lost. And they won, I think it was, they won nine and they lost 12 in those 21 games. Wayne, thanks for the call. Look, it, it's... Nice job, know, Wayne. I, I mean, I think the lack of scoring runs early in the game gets back to, to me, that's where the, the lack of balance in the lineup really comes in because when you game plan for the Blue Jays, you've talked about this since the first day. You can design, you can look at your, pick, you can look at your pitching staff and look at the Blue Jays coming up. And you can, it's easy to decide who's going to start for you. It's going to be a right-hander. He's going to be able to throw down and away yeah. and, and, and have a fastball. I mean, which just, just about every right-hander in baseball does that. Absolutely. So when you see the Jays coming up, it's easy for you to, put, to, to figure out what starter to use. Now, once the game goes and stuff happens, then you got to think on the fly with the bullpen and bring this guy in and that guy in and this guy in and that guy in. But when I'm looking, if, if I'm if I'm Brandon Hyde right now and I'm looking to the Blue Jays coming up next week, I know who my start. I know what exactly, I know who I'm going to pitch. I know what I'm going to be no pitching. No question. And I think that's, that's one of the issues where the lack of balance really shows itself uh, early in a game. Why, why do you need balance? That's the question. A lot of people ask me when, when they say, you know, when I say that they're too right-handed, what, what it does is, is it makes that pitcher use a pitch that he doesn't want to use. It's like if his best pitch is a four-seamer and a slider, if I can tunnel those two things, I can do it to one side of the plate, I can do it to righties, and I'll take my chances if they can consistently string together hits the other way. A lot of these guys we know don't have power the other way, so they're going to have to string together hits to score runs. Now, if I sprinkle in some quality, quality left-handed hitters, now all of a sudden I have to use both sides of the plate and I got to do it with a different pitch. Now all of a sudden I got to add a changeup. I got to add a breaking ball. You know, bat pass a big thing in today's game. And that slider, unless you're Anthony Bass, 
to a left-handed hitter who has that little natural uppercut's a no-no, right? So you want to do something else. That's the reason why everybody's saying balance. It makes them want to do something or ha they have to do something else when it comes to location and pitch sequencing. So for me, it's right in front of them. This team is not finished. Yeah, It's just not. Like, it's easy to look at this. It doesn't take a, a bunch of smart people to look down at this team and go, is this a finished team? It's not. That's why I want to bring in our next caller, Jimmy in Hinton, Alberta. I think you and uh, Mr. Bark are on the same page here. What what is your 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 thought, your one word answer as to as to how confident you are in the Jays going into September? Uh, none. Mm -hmm. uh, same as management, apparently at the trade deadline. I think they knew this team wasn't worth unloading it all for. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just my personal opinion. It's really going to hurt if uh, Baltimore's the one that puts the nail in our coffin. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, just a side note before sure. I let you guys chat here. Uh, Buck Martinez. Um, so he kicks cancer's rear end, right? Mm -hmm. Comes yeah. back. Yeah. And now he's taking someone fishing for Jay's care. Yeah. This guy is a Blue Jay superhero. He is. He yeah, is right. the best Blue Jay to ever, ever. He's my favorite. Yeah. I love him. Awesome. And have a good show, guys. Thank Thanks, you so much. Jimmy. Take Thanks care. Uh, I detected a little emotion there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you, uh, the Jay's Care auction was held last night. Terrific job by everybody, by the way. But there was a $75,000 yeah. bid on a fishing trip with Buck Martinez yeah. and uh, a guide off of uh, a sailfish. Uh, expedition off mm -hmm. of Key West. And uh, the guide, whose name I can't remember right now, but the guide is world famous. So yes. it, 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 Buck's got time for fun. everybody. Like I, I've, I've went to Buck and asked questions that, you know, he, he shouldn't, he, he doesn't need to answer, but he takes out his time to answer them and, and just... He, I was a guy who was really harsh on Buck when he managed sure, the team. Yeah. I was really nasty yeah. to the point where I went up to him and apologized mm -hmm. after, I, uh, after, I left, after I left the Globe and Mail. Um, because I'd been, uh, my friend Mike Farber told me one time that, you know, yes, you're a reporter, uh, you know, you're a journalist, you're not supposed to have any emotions. But he said, when someone's good to you, try not to treat them like crap. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good rule to live by. And Buck was always good to me before he sure. became manager, and he's been great after manager. He has the greatest stories but in the history of baseball. He does. He knows everybody and has played with everybody or against everybody. Yeah, and he's stayed involved in the game he with sure the has. baseball alumni team. As as to Jimmy's Jimmy's point, I mean, you're on to something. You know, it's something we didn't address at the trade deadline because I think we looked at the Jays and we were still thinking back then, boy, they're you know, they've got to be in the wild card race with the Jays at the start of the year. Everybody was saying that they've got a chance to win the World Series. I thought they'd go to the World Series it is entirely possible, and teams will do this, it is entirely possible that, you know, the Jays just took a step back, and it is about contending this year and next year and the year after that. And, you know, Mark Shapiro called it a strange year. I, I wonder if Ross Atkins and the people crunched some numbers and said, you know what, this, this may not be the year to go all in here. Let's mm -hmm. Maybe it's better... Maybe it's better to see what these dudes are made of in September. Maybe. Combination of the minor league system, yeah. uh, what your team looks it's like, little, the optics of your team cyclical. is a big There's deal. There's a gap in the minor league system. You I, know, and you trade it, and I will say this, you traded away guys out of your minor league system sure to, to get Matt Chapman, and you're not going back on that trade. You're certainly not going back on that trade. No, makes so, your team better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we'll never know, but it's... 
It sure looks that way, maybe. Mitch in Toronto. You're confident. Hey guys, how you doing? You're confident. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm very confident, guys, and for two uh, two reasons. One, they got guys named Gosman and Manoa, and the O's don't have those guys. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk every single day. I love your show. I listen every day, and you talk about pitching and especially starting pitching mm-hmm. in September when the weather gets cold and in October being the most important thing. So it's time for those two horses to pull the, the wagon across the finish line. And the other thing is I think they got guys in the lineup who are looking to get paid. And this is where you make your money. This is when the lights are bright, it's time to shine. And if those guys, Teoscar, Bo, Lourdes, we know the names, if they want to get paid, this is the time for them to, to get it done. So I'll listen off the air. Thanks, That's boys. a great point. Appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah. it is true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and Ross Atkins did say he, had, he did have a line. And I know some people rolled their eyes at it, but I understood completely. I understood completely with what, uh, what, what Ross Atkins was talking about. Um, you know, this, the, the story of the season hasn't been written yet. And, and he was asked about Bo Bichette's season. He said, well, he essentially said, get back to me in September. And I think that was, uh, I think that was absolutely, I, I think that was absolutely right. It's a big September, a playoff run. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily going to change anybody's opinion about anything because I think that. It could help though. Well, it could help, but mm-hmm. I think that if you've changed your opinion dramatically about Bo Bichette or Vladdy based on what you were seeing this year, I'd be a little careful because as my friend, Mr. Barker pointed out, and as more and more people are saying, guys do have crap years. No question. It, it, it does happen. So Chipper said that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Chipper had a, Chipper's had horror. I mean, he had, he had bad years. He had really good years, but he also had, he's had bad years. Sure did. So I just think, you know, I use the phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if you're changing things. I, I think we need to be a little more, um, I don't know what the word is with those two guys. I'm on the fence with Bo. I got to be honest with you. I'm on the fence. I, I, I wonder, I question, do you use your money to bring in a big-time shortstop to move Bo to second? The Santiago Espinal thing will tell you that Santi's probably not an everyday player. You'd like to see him in September because he plays good defense. But would Bo be better beneficial to your team playing second base and you spend a, you know, I don't want to say. Correa, Trey Turner. Absolutely. Trey Turner. I mean, that's a five-tool dude who could could lead off or hit second for you. Doesn't give you any balance, though. But (laughs) – you could do it other places. It yes, makes your defense better. It makes your base running better. He's a 300 hitter. He does everything exactly what you want a really, really, really good player to do mm. at the front end of your lineup. So I question that. I wonder that. I want to go to uh, my direct messages, DMs. Again, my Twitter handle is SNJeffBlair. So we'll the great of, calls, we'll, by the way. It, we'll, good we'll, job, Yeah, everybody. we'll go back. We got, we'll get back to the phone lines in a minute. But Bob from Bowmanville. <laughs> In brackets, Yankee fan currently suffering. His one word for his confidence level, the Jays going into September, is yikes. He had a question for Barker. Kevin said Springer takes good routes to balls, so why does he dive so much? I don't think he gets any more bloop hits in front of him than other center fielders or even to his right or left. If he chooses to dive, then it's on him. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah I but think, he's tired, and he's you know he's tired. He I think enough that, with the injuries. I think that has a little bit to do with analytics. I think that's where you line people up mm-hmm. this time of the year. <laughs> it's not so much location. Pitchers are tired. 
you know, they're leaving more balls over the plate. Guys are squaring more balls up. They get hit in places that the defender's not standing in. And you got to make up for it by talent and first move and routes like he does. So I think it's a combination of those couple of things. But there is that little question of could he learn how to back it off a little? Like, would you would you even want him to do that? Like, like you know, I'm not saying do that in an eighth inning where you have to make a play and he's going to dive and, you know, it is what it is. He's hurt or he ain't hurt. Well, yeah, and you'd rather you, him make the you play. You can throw your but arm you know, out in right field just as easily as center but field. But does right? a dude know how to do that? Would you even want him to do it? Yeah. But I think for me anyway, it's like last night. I think he was in the left center field gap. He yeah. goes over to the right center field gap, makes a play. It's more of that stuff. Yeah. You know, you're trying to go away. Everything says this guy hits the ball away. If you throw it here, well, if you don't throw it here and you throw it down the middle and then the guy gets and, a head out and he hits it in right center, now the dude has to make up for and, it. And right? it's important to remember that the shifting rules that are going to come into effect in baseball aren't going to affect outfielders. Nope. Because nope. outfielders are still, you know, it's it's all about where the infielders are going to play. may take away from that four-man thing, though. It puts sure, more pressure on a Springer. Sure will. I, huh. I, I said this from the day he got here. He's Ultimately, he's going to be your everyday right fielder. You know, we're just, and, and, it, and it will happen. He may turn out happen. to be more of the everyday DH. DH right fielder, but he 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 will not. I'll just say he's not going to be the starting center fielder next year. Opening day, there'll be somebody else in center field. Mm. He'll be in the lineup. He'll be in right field uh, or DHing, hopefully in right field because it'll mean he's healthy. He's not playing center field. That's you know, that's uh, I mean, that's right. That's where mm. I am uh, on on that particular thing. Sarmad Hussein with pitchers this generation struggling to throw inside and throwing way harder, Kevin. Do you think maybe guys are afraid to crowd the plate because they're afraid of being hit? I, from what I've noticed from uh, most of these Blue Jays here, they like the ball in. That they seem to know plate awareness a little bit better on the ball in. Now, lefties, for whatever reason, the crossfire action, the being able to lay off the ball that's a little in off the plate. I, I just think this is what I this is what I'll say to that. I think it's time to put the big boy pants on and make somebody do something different. If you get hit, you get hit. Sean and Hamilton. How are you guys? We're doing well, Sean. How are you, man? I was watching the uh, the TV, and I agree with the, uh, a lot what you say. I guess uh, very quickly, I'll say, if we're having this conversation in 2023, or especially 2024, we got real big problems. Yes, we but do. But it's 2022, and I can't complete a puzzle if I don't have enough pieces. Mm. So, like a chessboard, you move you move them here, you move them there, and and the goal is to win. And right now, they're falling a little short. So, do we have enough pieces to complete what we want to complete in 2022? I don't think so. I think it's possible if the tumbers fall into place. But I, I think the off season is going to bring us more reward. And then 2023, 2024. And Kevin, I just want to ask. If uh, it was something I learned in baseball a long time ago, you've got your team. How would you pitch against them? So if I'm the other team facing the Toronto Blue Jays, I'd pitch them just about the way that they're being pitched now. No question. That's a great, that's a great point by you. And thanks for the call. That's exactly what it is. Again, you go down their lineup and tell you, ask yourself how many guys that they have consistently can hit a homer the other way. It's, it's not many. People that can consistently do that. Occasionally, you'll get an elevated uh, breaking ball or a fastball that you are mechanically out in front and you create a little spin and you do it, but consistently, no. And these pitchers, these teams, especially contending teams, take their chances with that ball away. If you can dink and dunk us 
and get stringed together three or four hits and be this that way, we're going to tip our hat. But I'll bet you, you can't do it because you're not going to make adjustments. We've seen it. Back to the text line, Shane and Mississauga. Mr. Barker's bang on when he said move closer to the plate. Look at Anthony Rizzo. He stands close to the plate, and it's hard to pitch to him. It is. Makes the target smaller to throw to. Now, I'm not sure that's exactly what the Blue Jays are going to want to do. It's just get them off a plan. Yeah. Like, the plan is, it's simple. And and I you think throw hard, throw it away. What you're also saying is you don't even have to do it all the time. No. No, well, you at least show them. Look, you can even wave out there. You see yeah. where I'm? Look. Even if you get out, yeah. at least you're giving it the old call to try that you're trying to make. That's just me. Again, you got to have buy into this. And I do know the people that I've talked to yeah. that are close to this team saying the buy in part because they have had success doing it this way. Very hard to buy into changing it up and right. saying, you know, we got to change it up. But Baseball I, this players is what I are... say you want to have a good September, you yeah. want to make a decent run in October, make an adjustment. It is a truism. And we we have talked about this a lot. It's an economic game, and if you get to the majors doing one thing and you're getting paid doing one thing, someone comes along and says, maybe try this. You're going, yeah, well, but, you know. Gibby, I... Gibby used to tell me that all the time, stand behind a cage. Why Why is the left-handed hitter, Justin Smoke, don't try and inside out a ball in there because he didn't make it to the big leagues that way, Bart? It's real simple. Uh, Steve from East York wants to know why we aren't talking about Martinez, the hitting coach, fire him and replace him. He wants you to replace him. Um mm. That, that, that ain't going to happen. Look, I, I, th- a lot of coaches will be under. If this team doesn't make the playoffs, there'll yeah. be a lot of poking about in the embers. Sure. Um, you know, and uh, again, it, the hitting coach is not like an offensive coordinator in football. I, it, it's just not. Um, I, sometimes I think the hitting coach is firing the hitting coach is just is even more an excuse than firing firing the pitching coach. Can't I fire, think can't I can't fire the players. That's, no, that's... I think the pitching coach probably has more to do with the outcome of what the pitchers are doing than the hitting coach. That's just uh, yeah, me. I'm with you. That's just me. Uh, hey, guys, morning. The Jays are a good team, not a great team. A great team is Houston and the Dodgers. They'll never be a great team unless they are willing to adjust and do whatever it takes. Thanks. That's where I'm and Pickering. And, never um, strong, but I'm I'm sort of in agreement with yeah, that. Yeah, last text before we break to bring in Mr. Passan. Yet again, the bullpen was cobbled together to start the season. Would trading Hernandez bring back either pitching or left-handed bat? I would have traded him this past off season will his value decrease decrease in a trade due to his ufa status in 2024 diane in perth ontario that's a, that's a great question but uh, i will say this if you throw in kirky you yeah, might get you might get a left-handed stick that can play center and not, maybe a bullpen arm you're not going to get as much for teoscar now they, they as you watch would the have same in the video that we watch yeah you're just not uh and i do think this is teoscar's last season with the blue jays one way or another I'm with you. I really do. I, I I hate to say it that way because the talent is off the charts. But they need to. But I think that that ship to. You know, we'll have this port. discussion. We'll have this discussion after the season as to really how many untouchable players are there in this team right now. We had a little chat about this. Some some of us on, on the field yesterday, just kind of you know, sh- shooting the BS. See how many guys in this team are untouchable right now? Alec Manoa. They're they're a couple less than we would have said. Alec Manoa earlier. Big boy at first base is not, well, to me, he's untouchable. I don't think you'd find anything better than that, but nah, he's, the first one that just rolls right off the tongue is that big boy that's on the mound. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He's going to join us next. It's Blair and Barker on 590-360, the network, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. 
The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, tell, tell me the truth. Do you think he was thinking, please don't hang a slider to Trey Turner? That's a good Please my, don't hang a slider. My thought was, uh, first of all, if you're bringing, that was Edwin Diaz and yeah. his, his walk-up music, which is walk-out music, which is, you know, Unbelievable. It, a thing. But the Mets yesterday brought Timmy Trumpet, the dude in the trumpet. They brought him into the ballpark. So think about this. You're bringing your closer in to face Trey Turner and – you got the musician there live. Like, you better not go and crap the bed. <laughs> no. If you're Edwin Diaz, you no. do not want to go out and uncork the first pitch. No pressure. No pressure no. at all. No. Let's bring in Jeff Passan, ESPN's MLB insider. Passan, I was thinking about that last night, and I was thinking, you know what would have been great? If the Yankees had brought Metallica in to play Enter Sandman <laughs> live. Play Enter Sandman live when Mariano Rivera oh, came in. Great. Like, just on a stage, have a stage rise someplace. How cool would that be? Oh, uh, yeah. The whole thing is phenomenal, and and the whole thing is phenomenal, I think, because in what other sport do we have anything like a closer entrance? I'm, I'm writing a story on it right now. I talked to Felix Bautista with the, the Orioles. Have you seen what he's doing? Yes, and I love that. First of all, because the wire, you know, and we're all, oh. it's tremendous. It's beautiful. For those who haven't seen it, it's just Omar's whistle yes. from The Wire. And he's whistling the farmer in the Dell, and then the lights at Camden Yards go crazy. And, and my favorite part of it is Felix Bautista's never seen The Wire before. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, he, he has no idea what it is, but the, the content team in Baltimore came to him and said, this would be really cool, and he was on board with it. And you know what? When you're throwing 102 yeah. and you got to split it like 92 – I think my favorite part uh, talking with him that I learned, uh, his splitter, he calls it uh, his arma letal, which in Spanish means lethal weapon. Yeah. How That's dope awesome. of a name is that for a pitch? Think about being a guy who throws 102, and that's not your lethal weapon. It's fantastic. That is, the, that the is whole remarkable. Thing is the, the, the only takeaway that I had from yesterday that I was a little iffy on is grown men whose uh, first names end in Y. <laughs> uh, now, you, yeah. now, like, you can't be Tim Trumpet. No. But you also can't be Timmy Trumpet, right? Uh, you know, it's, I mean, it, I mean, unless you play hockey, because everybody who plays hockey, they, their nickname ends in Y, right? That, it names in, you know what? That's a great, that's a great point. But is it? It's it's more like uh, like if you're Jones then you're Jonesy. That's a little bit different. Yeah. It's taken it's taken like if you meet a grown man 
and his name is Mikey. Aren't you a little suspect? Yeah, just a little, just a little. I remember when when uh, Ron Wilson was the Leafs head coach, and they had Jonas Gustafsson, the monster, was his nickname, which is a good nickname by hockey standards. Don't forget, don't forget, if Babe Ruth was a hockey player, his nickname would have been Ruther, right? So, (laughs) anyhow, so Jonas Gustafsson, his nickname was the monster, and Ron Wilson would call him Monsty in his post-game interviews. Why are you doing this? Like, what type of juvenile idiotic you know anally retentive mindset would 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 fiddle around with a dude's nickname and it's not like it's it's two syllables for god's sake anyhow what would your walkout music be um it would be i i did this a couple of weeks ago um do you know the song anti up by mop yes and our producer mark boffo is just jumping up and down and waving his hand in the air. I have heard it. Yes. Oh, it's do me a favor. When you're in break, go to, go to YouTube and type in MOP dad. And the first video that pops up, go watch it. And it's this YouTuber who's in the car with his son and, uh, Auntie up comes on and, and the shenanigans that happen next make me, I've seen it a hundred times and it makes me laugh every single time just because it's, um, how do I put it? It's it's not child abuse, um, but it's very funny. Hey, I, I, I had Parker, a buddy, what's yours? Well, no, what's I your had one? a buddy that, that had Thunderstruck. And he walked, yeah, but that's everybody no, had no, no, no. Listen, though. he walked up to it, and the first pitch, he broke his bat into like a, a bazillion pieces. <laughs> and I looked right at him and said, I'll never have a walk-up song. Because all the spotlight's right on you, and now you look like a complete idiot. Because you just broke your bat and well, took pieces, and he never used that song again. You got to deliver. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like Diaz with that song. You, you better not hang a slider. Now, there's some guys. That, that Matt Chapman's walk-up music. Matt Chapman, first of all, is big into roots reggae. So he's, he's, had, he's had that. He's got Tame Impala, Elephant, which is great. So there are some guys, that, they're not into the loud noise. You're into the beat, right? You're I into wa- the beat yeah, when I you walk to, up there. I wanted to sneak up on him. I didn't want him to know I was coming. Okay. Yeah, I was already up there, and I didn't really know I was up there. So you're not like you. You wouldn't be a big fan of Whit Merrifield coming out to tequila. Like there has to be a story. <laughs> yeah. There has to be a story behind Whit Merrifield coming out to tequila. There are always stories behind these songs. You know that. Yeah. Anyhow, um, well, we'll move on. But uh, yeah, that, that was that, that. Well, yeah, it's. I think it's it's fun. I mean, I I love the. I I like the. If you can kind of do something organically, that's why the Batista stuff really intrigues me because it's organic. Yeah. The guy doesn't even know. It's not like they went to him and said, what would you like to do? They just did this, right. and the guy kind of goes, eh, oh. Pass, and didn't they want to run Diaz out of town last year, and now all of a sudden he's got this song and trumpets, and he's cool all of a sudden again? Yeah, you know what? Last year he was good, too. It was the year before yeah. when, uh, I mean, it was when Jared Kelnick was – at his absolute apex in prospect value, and that trade was just a reminder of the the Brody Van Wagenen era there, and Mets fans were being as self-loathing as Mets fans can be. But now it's like the Mets without Edwin Diaz, you can't even fathom it, and I think it's a, a big part of why he might be the first $100 million closer as a free agent this offseason. You know, one of the things I remember is, uh, and I'm not going to get, you know, throw age out here or anything like that, but there used to be a time where teams would bring up a prospect 
in, in September. I've been harping on this for a while. And the guy would, you know, you bring up a young guy, a good guy. He's going to give our team a little yeah. bit of little, little juice or a little burst of energy. One game, but you'd have to say that Gunnar Henderson did oh. that. Tell did him that why you're last saying night. That. Well, why I'm saying that is because the Jays, the Jays are in fumes right now. They got nothing. They yep. can't bring anybody up. Nope. They can't, Jeff. They can't bring a pitcher up. They don't have anybody down there who's in, who can help them. And I, it, do you think we may because the game is getting younger? Do you think we may see that more where teams that are contending might start working their prospects in in September? It's interesting to see the way that the Orioles are aggressively promoting their guys. Um, you know, Colton Kowser, who was in A-ball last year, is up at AAA right now. Jordan Westberg is at mm-hmm. AAA. D.L. Hall is at AAA. Like, uh, let me tell you, man, the Orioles are going to be good. Like, the Orioles are good right now, and, and I think they're good in the same way that the Seattle Mariners are, which is that it, it, there's proof now. There is proof of concept that you can build a bullpen and ride a bullpen to a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Mariner, the Mariners are absolutely doing that, and uh, I don't know if they've cracked the code. I don't know if they've found the secret sauce, but they've taken guys like Matt Festa and Penn Murphy and Eric Swanson and Paul Sewald and turned them into a real weapon. The Mariners have... Uh, you know, in their rotation already, Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo. So you're in a good place starting off. But if you can compound that with a dominant bullpen, it doesn't matter how mediocre your offense is. You can get into the playoffs. And listen, once you're in the playoffs, if you have a bullpen that you can ride day after day and you have a manager like Scott Service uh, or, or Brandon Hyde, who's done a really good job of figuring out when to deploy particular guys. Let's remember, the, the Orioles traded arguably their best reliever in Jorge Lopez to the Twins at the deadline mm-hmm. and haven't lost a step. It, if anything, they've gotten better. And, and the fact that they are, what, two games back of the Jays right now? They are a legitimate threat, and they added arguably the best prospect in baseball in Gunnar Henderson, who went out and hit a 430-foot nuke in his second big league at bat. And he's going to see regular playing time, especially against right-handers, who he absolutely crushes. And, uh, man, it's like the trade deadline, adding a, a potentially elite guy, except he comes from your system and costs nothing. Jeff, do you, ever, do you think that the Blue Jays could ever land Trey Turner? <laughs> sure. I mean, what what does it take, Kev? That's like, a great question. It takes, one, take, it takes one thing. It takes a willingness to spend money. Yeah. Um, the problem, if you land Trey Turner, is it tells me that either Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or potentially both of them are not going to be signed to long-term deals because mm-hmm. the Jays already have a lot of money locked up. Uh, they've got uh, George Springer at 25 a year. They've got uh, Ryu. They've got Barrios. They've got Gosman, all 20. Oh, I don't think Ryu is at 20, but the, the other yeah, guys are at 20. Yeah, what is he, four for 80? Yep. Is that right? Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, they're all 20-plus million dollars a year. So, yeah, absolutely they could get Trey Turner. Absolutely they should get Trey Turner. But are they going to get Trey Turner? I kind of doubt it. Hmm. We had an interesting conversation with Doug Glanville yesterday about the uh, about Aaron Judge and his home run, you know, his home run assault. And one of the things I asked Doug is, look, we know what the single season record is. It, 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 
I mean, we know that there are five five home run, the, the five highest home run, single season home run totals, uh, tainted by steroids or at least certainly under a steroid cloud. And, yep. and for that reason, if Aaron Judge were to get to 62, let's say, for example, I'm willing to bet there are people who will say, okay, that's the new legit home run record. Anyhow, we had this conversation yeah. with Glanville and Glenn, and, and I said, how should a baseball fan keep this in context? He said, you know what I would do? If I was the Yankees, I would turn that into a celebration of all things Yankee. He is the yeah. he has just set the Yankees single season home run record. You know, and then baseball yeah. fans can make what they want out of it, and they can put their own asterisks on it. Uh, but that kind of led into another discussion. Jeff, is... Do you think there is, and I, I know we've talked about this before, but do you think there's still a chance this guy's not going to re-sign with the Yankees? Like, it can't, it just can't happen, can it? It can. It shouldn't. Um, you know, this, this is a different case to me than Robinson Cano. Uh, Robinson Cano was a really good baseball player, and he was out in free agency in the back end of the prime of his career, uh, like Aaron Judge is going to be. But he wasn't coming off an MVP-type season, which Judge is going to. And, and more than that, he wasn't ever designated the guy. Right. Aaron Judge is the, uh, the, the natural transition from Derek Jeter. He's the first guy since Derek Jeter retired to come up through the Yankee system and be the embodiment of what they believe pinstripes represent. And so, no, I don't think there ever should be a scenario in which Aaron Judge plays a, a single game in another uniform. But uh, let me ask you this. If you're the San Francisco Giants and you're trying to transition to a new era and there's a kid who's from California, uh, why wouldn't you exhaust every possibility to go out and convince him to come back west um if you're the new york mets and you see this guy who clearly handles new york well mm -hmm. and and who uh it doesn't just handle it but embraces being a new yorker why wouldn't you try and get him to go to the the you know different borough uh there, there are going to be options for Aaron Judge because he is as great a player as he is and because, honestly, he's having the type of year it, not even he could have expected, I don't think. Um, th this is an all-time great walk year by a guy, and uh, I, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to have made himself $100 million plus because let's remember he got offered 213 and a half on a seven-year extension. Um I, I think he easily gets over 300, and he should because yeah. uh, he's that damn good. Yeah, I listen, I've thought all along that the, the two teams I'm kind of keeping an eye on the free agency this year are the, the Giants for the reasons you said, and also, frankly, the Cubs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, yeah, both of those, both of those teams – you know, they, they could use some personality as well as. Uh... I, will, I will I will say I will say this though, Jeff, and it's interesting. There's a there's a story up on ESPN Plus right now by Kylie McDaniel, mm -hmm. and he he went and looked at the teams every team's core right. for the next three years. That means guys who are under contract for the next three years and who's in the best position. I think the Yankees were like 23rd or something like that. It, it was it. it 
you know, they have a good system. Anthony Volpe is going to be really good, I think, and Oswald Peraza and Oswaldo Cabrera has been good, and uh, they seem to have this endless supply of young pitching that they've gone out and turned into Frankie Montas and Scott Efros and Lou Trevino and Andrew Benintendi this year. So I don't doubt the Yankees' ability to be a contender, but what's there right now, what's there under contract for the next couple of seasons, not that great. And so they need Aaron Judge. That, that to me, is ultimately what's going to drive him staying in New York, which I agree with you. I think he is going to stay in New York. But uh, the Yankees need to understand they're going to have to pony up because if not, they're in a bad position. Jeff, really good of you to do this as always, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. You got it, boys. Take care. Jeff Passan, MLB insider with ESPN. Um, yeah, that the. That is going to be an intriguing offseason. It really is. And then if you throw Otani into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, Cubs make a lot of sense. Aaron Judge at Wrigley Field. Oh, how about that? Wind blowing out. So you made the point yesterday, and I hadn't really thought about this, but you know, if, if Aaron Judge gets his pick of things, and I went back and, and, and thought about what you said about San Francisco in that ballpark. Yeah, I, I do. Right center? You're a right-handed hitter who likes to go right center? Sort of got an inside-out swing. You really like him, Matt? I know it's Judge, and he's a tree trunk, but still. Like, yeah. good luck hitting that. Wrigley Field, though. Oh, you kidding me? I mean, day games, wind blowing out, packed. Those, You're the man. You're a giant human in Chicago. You kidding me? The seats, I mean, it makes the seats a lot in of... the uh, building oh, across the street in Waveland. Glen Allen Hill, I remember, with the buttons all the way down with no undershirt, just hammering balls into the... To the what is it, the apartment complex across the street? It's awesome. On Waveland. Yeah. Yeah. It would be uh, it'll be it'll be fascinating. By the way, um I, I noticed as Jeff Passon was talking, MLB Network was doing a deep dive in the Yankees August. If you need something to feel good about the Jays August, the Yankees are ten and eighteen in August. Ooh. And their lead is only six games over oh, Tampa. Can you imagine if they lose that lead? Ooh. Oh my God. Can you imagine that? All right, that's it for us today. A reminder, the Jays have today off. We will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network 360. You can listen to us via podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Most importantly, have yourself a great day.